that I shared with those that came out for Wednesday night. Um, Wednesday night usually gets to hear things before everybody else. So, um, if you weren't there, that's your fault. But, anyways, very seldom does God speak to me in dreams or visions or anything like that. But um, last Sunday, do you remember what we talked about? We talked about um, the biblical reason that God has put the fivefold ministry within the body of Christ, right? And in the middle of the night, the next, it had been morning, the next morning, so Monday morning, I woke up and I just had a complete illustration of an explanation for the fivefold ministry. Now, it's kind of weird, it's kind of different, but, uh, but it, 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 it paints the picture pretty good because a lot of people don't understand what the fivefold ministry is. They just think that they're the super dupers in the church, right? And that they're supposed to be doing all the work. No, it's for the building up of the kingdom of God. Building up the, those that are in the kingdom of God to be ministers of the gospel themselves. And so this, this, is, this is how, how it went. This is the illustration that was given to me. I'm giving it to you just like it was given, given it to me. So, the prophet comes and he says, Hey, rain's coming. And your car windows are all down. There's, a ra- there's rain coming and your car windows are all down. And the pastor turns to you and says, Hey, I'll go with you and help you put your windows up. And then the apostle says, You know what? We should build a structure that people can park cars in. It can even have ramps and be multi-story and so we can fill it with all these different cars. So they can come out of the weather. And the teacher says, okay, sounds great. This is how we do it. And then the evangelism, evangelist comes along and says, look at this is amazing. Look at this. We can, get, we can be parked. We can be um, secure. We can be safe from the elements and the weather. This is amazing. Look at all the room we have in here. we got to go tell people about this. we got to get this place filled up. That, that, that was the illustration that was given, given to me, and I gave it to you. I don't know why you gave it to me. But it, it, does, it does very practically show, show you and illustrate the, the fivefold ministry within in the church. And that's what this whole series that we're looking at is to understand that we are all kingdom builders. You need to start seeing yourself that way. Just like we said, you need, He has made you good, and that's your starting position, that you need to start seeing yourself as good, right? And then act accordingly. <laughs> right? If God's made me good, then why aren't I why aren't I acting good? Well, that's a good question. You should ask yourself that more often. If you are good, why don't you act good? Because you don't see yourself as good. Well, anyways, that's a different that's a different message. But we're all kingdom. We are all kingdom builders. And it's time for the church. You know, we're speaking to our small group here, but the church. Worldwide, it's time for the church to engage. I believe, I believe that there is a third great awakening that is happening in the earth. I believe that God, by His, that by His providence, is going to open up a door for uh, in uh, a, just a massive building of, of the kingdom of God throughout, throughout the earth. I believe that with all my heart. And 
the church has to be prepared for it. We have to be ready for it. We, for all the destruction, everything that you see that looks like the world's getting darker and darker out there, all the chaos, all the confusion, all the brokenness, all the hatred, all that hurt, guess, guess who has the answer for all of that? Jesus. But who has to tell them about the Gospel of Jesus? We do. The church is God's plan. It's Jesus' plan for the world. He does not have a plan B. Now, we might fail, our generation might fail to do what we're called to do. But He's still going to use the church to transform the world. And so we all play, have a part to play in the kingdom of God. And one of the things that hinders the church from not moving as one, not moving in unity, because can you admit, admit that the church has a big problem with working together in unity? Right? We can't work with that organization because they don't baptize the same way we baptize. We can't, we can't work with this organization because they don't take communion in the same way we take communion. We can't work with this person because they don't believe in the end times the way that we believe in the end times. We are so disunified. We are the, the largest organization, the largest movement on the face of the planet and we can't even get unified together to proclaim the Gospel of Jesus Christ. But that also happens to local bodies, individuals. Right? The church, we need to learn to embrace our differences. We need to learn to embrace our differences and be unified in the Spirit. Right? We're all different. And can you agree that God likes variety? Variety? Rarity? Variety. Yeah, you said it. He, he likes that. Look around this room. Tell me He doesn't like all different types of people. Right? He likes some weird things. <laughs> but we all have... There's, God loves all different types of people. He loves all different types of personalities. We all have different giftings, different callings, different ministries, but it's through one and the same Holy Spirit. The Holy Spirit is working through all of us the same way, but differently in how it's manifest, how it's shown. Do you understand that? Because we divide on these things. Because so-and-so is not like me. They don't worship like me. They don't pray like me. They, they, they don't act like me. You know, instead of trying to divide ourselves when someone doesn't act the way that we think is the right way to do things, maybe God's trying to teach us a different aspect of Himself through that person. Maybe we should see what that, per that person's trying to offer something to the body of Christ 
And maybe we should learn from what Holy Spirit's teaching us to that individual. Because this is true. There are multiple different types of churches. There are prophetic churches that it's all about worship and experiencing the presence of God. There are teaching churches that all it's about is expository on the on the Bible and it's cold and dead and there's no spirit in it whatsoever. Right? There's fellowship churches where it's all about getting together and fellowshipping and and, um, loving on one another and and caring for one another. What if one church was all these things? What if a church was unified in the fullness of God? See, God takes all these differences and He puts them together into one body. And what happens is, is instead all the ears go to the ear church, all the eyes go to the eye church, all the feet go to the feet church, and the body's all divided. Now, far, far too often churches try to mold everyone into clones, right? Jesus loves you just the way you are. But now you better act like us or you won't be welcome here. Right? We need, we, we, we need to celebrate our differences, not mold people into clones where everyone is the same. That's not what God intended. There is no cookie-cutter Christian in the body of Christ. And when we celebrate our differences, we learn by these gifts that each member supplies to the body. That each member supplies to the body of Christ. Not only is this true of the whole the body as a whole, but each one of us as individuals need to work alongside with Holy Spirit working through us in different ways. I mean, you look at Jesus' ministry. Did He minister the same way all the time? No, He didn't. Did He interact with people the same way all the time? No, He did not. You understand that? God has, will gift you and give you the wisdom and give you the ability for whatever circumstance that you find in so you have the perfect gift to operate in, in, that, in that moment. And many times, the saying goes like this, if all you have is a hammer, then every problem becomes a nail. You understand what that saying is? It's it, what it's trying to get the point across. This is that if if you think that the only thing that you have to fix problems is a hammer, you're going to beat on everything. How's that working? How's that working in your personal life? How's that working with your fellow employees? How's that working with with your 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 fellow coworkers? How's that working with your kids? Right? And, and, and many times, instead of building the kingdom, we're, we're demoing the very thing that we're supposed to be building up. Look at Paul's statement here. In 1 Corinthians 9.22, it says, I have become all things to all men that I might by all means save some. And now this I do for the Gospel's sake. So who's he living for? Is is Paul living for himself? No, he's living for two things. He's living for the gospel, gospel's sake. I almost 
give you this finger. The gospel's sake and for all men. Now this I do for the gospel's sake that I may be partaker of it with you. Paul became multifaceted in one purpose. The purpose of sharing the gospel. Ministry is, 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 is not one-dimensional, but it's multi-dimensional. There's multiple ways of doing the same thing. You know, I, I shared this story, and I don't know if i got time to share it, but I'm going to, I guess, because it came to me. I shared this, this, this illustration with a, with a bunch of pastors here in, in town, and it was multiple years ago. But basically, you know, you, there's a place in Michigan called Hell, right? Hell, Michigan. And do you know there's a place in Michigan called Paradise? And Paradise just happens to be where? In the UP. The Upper Peninsula. Right? So we're all in hell, but we want to get to Paradise. There's only one way to get there. You've got to get across that bridge. You've got to get across that bridge. And there, there's multiple ways to get to that bridge. Right? Some of you guys might just shoot up right up 75. Other ones might be shooting over, make a detour over to the casinos. I don't know what you guys do. You know. Then you got the people that would take the, the, the scenic route up through Traverse City and do a little wine tasting up through there. There's all these different ways to get to the Mackinac Bridge. But there's only one way to get to the UP. There's only one way to get to the par to Paradise. Jesus is the bridge. See, we can have many different methods. We can have di many different routes. We can have different ways that we get to paradise. Or get to Jesus. But the point of it is, the Gospel is the only thing that we have to all agree on to get us into the UP to paradise and out of hell. You understand that? I mean, that's just very, very simple. But, but so ministry has to be multifaceted because we're dealing with all different types of people, all different types of backgrounds, all different types of baggage and, and, and different things that God just wants to shed off us so that we can live freely in the grace of God. And we do this by partnering with Holy Spirit and allow Him to supply through us exactly what is needed for each ministry opportunity that we find ourselves in. Here, here's some examples. Rejoice, Romans 12, 15. Rejoice with those who rejoice and weep with those who weep. Now I understand this probably doesn't, this scripture doesn't seem too profound to many people, but you would be surprised at how many people fail to correctly hear the Spirit in a situation. To use the right ministry tool in the correct situation. And we swing a hammer 
when we should be offering a tissue. How, how, how could this work? It could work with... We just lost... I just, I just lost my job. I don't know what we're going to do. Well, brother, you just got to believe God. You just got to have faith in God. If you had more faith, then, then you wouldn't have lost your job in the first place. No, you come alongside and you build up. You know what? I know this looks dark. And I'm here with you, brother. I'm here with you, sister. I'm, I'm, I'm here. And God has not forsaken you. And we're, we're, I'm going to help you. I'm going to work with you, alongside you, to find you, the jo- find you a job, get you employment. And we're going to believe God that the best is yet to come. We're going to believe that, that you're going to, this will be an increase in your life. And I know that you might be struggling, but you know what? You belong to a church. You belong to a local church. We're, I'm going to talk to members of the church. We're going to make sure you never go out without food. We're going to make sure that the light bills stay on. I understand that it looks dark right now. I understand it looks desperate right now. But this isn't a time for desperate measures. This is a time for the body to look like Jesus. You get how, how many people have experienced this when you got a cold attacking your body, or you get a bad doctor's report? Well, you you just need more faith. First of all, I don't care how much faith you have; your faith can't do nothing. Your faith is in, your faith is in, can't do a thing. No, Jesus, the faith of Je- what we need is the faith of Jesus to be manifest in this situation. And I understand the fear that it's, it's trying to overtake your the core of who you are. And we are. The core of who you are. We, we have a praying church. We have an awesome Heavenly Father. We're going we're gonna to be for, here for you. We're, we're going to support you. Right? You can have the right answer and still be wrong. You can have the right answer and you can still be wrong. The Pharisees thought they had all the right answers. But they were still wrong. See, there's different ways of ministering. And, and different ways of, of, of in, in appropriate, appropriate uh, ministering and during different times and seasons and different sets of circumstances. I mean, just the, how about rejoice with those who rejoice? The church has a hard time rejoicing with people that rejoice. God healed me! Well, I'm a better Christian than he is, and I'm still, still trying to get healed. I got a promotion. I got a better job. I'm making twice as much as I used to make. Well, I tithe all the. T- I tithe every Sunday, and God hasn't done a thing for me. They just became a Christian a couple weeks ago. We don't rejoice with people. Because for some reason we think that if God does something for somebody else, that, that means that, okay, now, I, now I can, He can't do it for me. 
Maybe the reason why things are being held up in your life is because of that same that attitude. If you can't be happy for others, that, 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 that will just damn up the flow of the goodness of God in your life. Why? Because you're not acting like Him. You're not acting like God. You're not acting like Jesus. You know, the disciples came back and talking about how they healed the sick, cleansed lepers, that even, even the devils obeyed them. And it said that Jesus jumped. It says it, He leaped in the Spirit. And it literally means to jump in the air and twirl around and celebrate it. We need to rejoice with those that rejoice. How about this? First Thessalonians chapter five, verse fourteen. It says, "Brothers and sisters, we urge you to warn those who are lazy, encourage those who are timid, take tender care for those who are weak, be patient with everyone." So, right here in this one scripture, you see the multifaceted, the multidimensional ways of ministering to the body of Christ to other people. Paul taught that there are different ways to minister to each different issue. And we need to be led by Holy Spirit for each opportunity that we face. Think about this. Jesus' ministry, it wasn't a cookie-cutter approach when interacting with different individuals. Did He interact with Nicodemus the same way that He spoke to the woman at the well? No! Did he address the rich young ruler the same way that he did with the woman caught in adultery? No. The core of Jesus' ministry and what he communicated was this. Believe in me. That was the message, right? But he used many different strategies and styles to proclaim that message. This is why Paul was so effective. He kept the message the same. He became single-minded on the message. What the message was. He always preached Christ. But he ministered in a diversity that clearly reflects the wisdom of God in his life for the situations that he faced. In 1 Thessalonians chapter 5, verse 14, it says that Christ may dwell in... Oh, that's, that's not 1 Corinthians. This is Ephesians. Sorry about that. This is Ephesians. Anyways. That Christ may dwell in your hearts through faith, that you being rooted and grounded in love may be able to comprehend with all the saints what is the width, the length, the depth, the height, to know the love of Christ which passes knowledge, that you may be filled with all the fullness of God. Ephesians chapter 2. 17. Or 3.17. Right? Maybe. <laughs> Right about that ballpark. So this is a prayer that Paul prayed for the church. Right? This prayer was inspired by Holy Spirit. This prayer is a prayer that many Christians still pray for themselves today. It shows us both God's will 
for the congregation at whole and also for the individual believer. Now, have you ever thought about what the ramifications are? What, what, what is the width? What is the width? What is the length? What is the depth? What is the height of God's love that is mentioned? What does that mean? Is, 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 it, just, is it nice poetry? Is it just put there to make, a, make Paul's prayer a little longer, like some of us pray? Right? Well, that wasn't long enough. I've got to add some to it. Why are, why are those definitions of God's love in this Scripture? Is it just meaningless figure of speech? Or does Holy Spirit really want us to comprehend the divine nature of God's love? And if we comprehend it, what are we supposed to do with it? If you experience God's love, how now do you express it? How do we express it? this manifold, dimensional aspects of God's love. When you say the doors are wide open, what pops in your head? What does it mean when the doors are wide open? It means that people are welcome to come in, right? When things are wide, when arms are wide open, that means that's, that's an image of a person offering acceptance, right? Or maybe even an embrace. Man hug. To say God's love is wide is to say the exact same thing. God's love is open, it's wide. It's inviting in. It's, it's embracing. It's accepting that all are welcome. He is reaching out with open arms, welcoming all that, who, all that come to Him in faith. When we think of the width of God's love, I picture Jesus saying, Come to Me, all ye that are, that are, he, he, that are weary and are heavy burdened. Or Jesus saying, if anyone thirsts, let him come to Me and I will give him water to drink. Living water. Right? The width of God's love means that there's room for all of us. That God is inviting all of us unto Himself. When believers both individually and corporately understand the width of God's love that is expressed towards us, they, they become very welcoming. They, they will demonstrate hospitality, warmth, and acceptance. If you experience the width of God's love, how do we express it? We express it in the same way. We become accepting. We become warm. We become a place of hospitality. Because relationships are important. Fellowship should be a key strength in the life of our church. And we're called to express God's love in the width of it. Just like we've experienced it. So the width of God's love offers a welcome to those that come. The length of God's love reaches out to those that are far away. It reaches out. God's love reaches long. 
His hand is not short. Right? God reaches long. This, this, this far away could be geographically, or it could just be spiritually. We have many people in our culture in this day and age that, that it doesn't matter if they were in China or they're the house next door. They are just as far away from God in their own minds. So how do we express the length of God's love? We express this through evangelism. We express this through outreach. We express this through missions. Jesus told His disciples in Acts 1.8, He says, You will be My witnesses, telling people about Me everywhere, in Jerusalem, through Judea, Samaria, and to the ends of the earth. The disciples understood their responsibility began close to home, and then far away geographically. But they, but they also understood that there are individuals that are right next to them that feel far away from God spiritually. We could have people in this church, in this room right here, that you are, you are sitting here this morning, and you feel like God is a million miles away. But I'm here to tell you that He's closer than the skin on your bones and the breath in your lungs. He is with you. He will never leave you. He will never forsake you. And He will chase you down to the ends of the earth. But we all have felt separation, haven't we? We all have felt separation. We all have felt times of spiritual distance from God at one time or another. But in Ephesians chapter 2, verse 13, it says this, But now in Christ Jesus, you who once were far off have been brought near by the blood of Christ. How many of you are thankful for God that His love goes far? His, his love is long. That it reached out to you. I am. You know, there's places that you don't think God goes to. Well, I'm proof that He does. God goes long. God goes into the dark. God reaches out. And we as a church, we need to comprehend the length of God's love. And then turn around and express that love to others. Right? We need to be mindful of the lost. And those that are outside the four walls of this building. We need to recognize that people feel separated from God by sin and that they need to hear and receive the Gospel in order to know that they have been reconciled to God. Think about that. Humanity, that's the Gospel. That God has reconciled you unto Himself. It's saying that God has nothing against you. You've been reconciled. Now you... Reconcile your God unto yourself. You stop holding things, these false imaginations, these lies that you've been told about God, and come unto God because He is not He is not hindering you one bit from coming unto Him. We express the length of God's love by giving to missions, through engaging in evangelism and outreach. We all value what happens inside the church, but we also have to remember that the Son of Man came to seek and save the lost. These are all different aspects of the body of Christ. 
These are all different ways that we minister in the body of Christ. We can't just be in one aspect of the love of God. The depth of God's love. When, so, when something is deep, it's not shallow or, or superficial. Uh, my goodness, I can't speak today. Superficial, right? When something's deep, it's not shallow, it's not superficial. It, it's vast, it's profound. And through love's width and length, God will reach out to us and offer acceptance, but He doesn't want us to stay there. He wants us to ultimately to mature, to grow up into Christ, right? And as Christians, we are called to grow into maturity. And that's what the depth of God's love is. Look at the following verses in Hebrews. This should waken us all who are lacking maturity and development. In Hebrews chapter 5, verse 12, it says, You have been believers so long that you ought to be teaching others. Instead, you need someone to teach you again the basic things about God's Word. You are like babies who need milk and cannot eat solid food. For someone who lives on milk is still an infant and doesn't know how to do what is right. Solid food is for those who are mature. When believers understand the depth of God's love and express it towards other, others, it, it will cause them to work and give opportunities for growth, development, and maturity. This is, this is why here at Karis we offer various classes. We offer discipleship opportunities. We offer a biblical worldview classes so that we can mature and we can grow. We have men's group every month that is about growing and maturing as a, as a man of God. Death is not limited to knowledge. It can also include building godly character, Right? Bringing people in, into the depths of the things of the Spirit. There are so many things about growing in the depth of God's love and experiencing the depth of God's love. And as we experience that, we're supposed to love people through that same way by bringing them into the body of Christ through the Word maturing through the Spirit in deep things. And then you have the height of God's love. Have you ever heard a worship leader, or this is, actually makes a lot of people uncomfortable, when the worship leader tells you to do things. He tells the congregation to lift your voice, lift your hands. Right? I don't want to lift my hands. Why do I got to lift my hands? I don't have to lift my hands to worship God. Well, you don't. But the bigger question is, is why don't you want to? Why don't you want to? I think that's more telling than anything. It says, Lift your hearts to God. To enter the heavenly holy of holies and to worship the Most High God. This term is used more than 50 times in Scripture. David asked, Who may ascend into the hill of the Lord? Or who may stand in His holy place? Scripture tells us, Let us pray, but let the high praises of God be in our mouth. God is someone that we see as high and exalted, right? And this is how we encounter the love of God in its height. It's through worship, through praise. We, 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 it's the, the height dimension of His love is, is inviting us to ascend to His manifest presence and to commune with Him through praise and through worship. 
Worship is heart-to-heart, face-to-face encounter with the living God. It is fellowshipping with the God of the universe. And what's so interesting about this is that some of us, we love, we love experiencing the love of God in the depths. We have no problem with the length of God. But maybe we kind of fail on the width of God. And worship, experiencing the height of God's love better not go too long or I'm going to get upset. Do you, you see this? We have all have different personalities and we all, we all kind of lean to one experience of God's love more than others, but that does not mean that we're not expected to experience God in all those multifacets. And that does not mean that we're, we're not to learn from those that are also have a different bend in how they experience the love of God and learn from them and let them express the love of God to us. Are you guys seeing this? When we are good at wide, we are relational. We emphasize hospitality and fellowship. When we're good at long, we're missional and emphasize soul winning and missions. When we are good at deep, we are developmental and emphasize discipleship and growth. When we are good at height, we are devotional and we emphasize praise and worship. Do you know, you, you can think of churches that concentrate just on one of those aspects. That's not the will of God. You have a fellowship church where everything is about building relationship with one another. You have an evangelistic church that is everything is about reaching the nations. You have a teaching church where everything is about knowledge and understanding the things of God. You have a prophetic church where the church is, everything is about the Spirit and experiencing God in God's presence through praise and through worship. God's desire is, is to flow in all the expressions of His love. In one place. We all use the gifts that God has given each one of us. Each one of us are a gift in the body of Christ. And we're not supposed to separate in the body of Christ until the same members form one church under that one that expression of love. We're supposed to come together as the members. Hmm. Why? We're supposed to come together as members and let Christ put us in the body as He sees fit. Why? He, Paul invites us to enjoy the width, the length, the depth, the height of God's love. Why? He wanted us to comprehend it, all of it. Why? So we can be filled with the fullness of God. So we can be filled with the fullness of God. We need to take to make opportunity for with-oriented people to create a welcoming environment in the church. We need length-oriented people, members to engage in outreach and remind the church that there's a lost world that needs saving. We need death-oriented believers leading groups in prayer and teaching and further discipleship in the process of growing up and maturing in Christ. And we need height-oriented saints that set the tone of heartfelt congregational worship 
Some may do this from a platform. Others may do this by simply modeling it amongst the congregation. When we are this way, this church will be filled with the fullness of God. When all the members, all the parts in the body are filling their position and doing what God has called them to do without no schisms, without no division, with us celebrating one another's gifts, that we all love Jesus and we all love people and we want everyone to come into the kingdom of God, then we see God's love. We see the fullness of God and the fullness of His love manifest in this place. Just because you're geared to a certain expression of God's love does not mean that you don't need the other expressions of God's love. Actually, those are areas that maybe you should lean into a little bit. Maybe you should find somebody that is very good in those expressions of love and say, hey, I want to take you to coffee. I want to, I want to learn about these things. I want to learn how you experience God's love. And I just see this in you and how you express the love of God in different ways that I have a hard time expressing and experiencing God's love in. Right? We need, we need to get together with, with people that make us uncomfortable in the body of Christ. Because it seems like they have a different relationship with God than we have. And to be able to experience the love of God in a different dimension than we are currently experiencing it in. We need to experience God in all the areas. We need, to, we need to see all areas as being equally valuable and necessary for the body of Christ. Right? Me, as a pastor, I lean heavily into the depth. I like experiencing God in Revelation. Getting a revelation from God. I like understanding His Word. I like, I like hearing teaching and preaching. And I, God had to arrest me. I would, I, would go a, I would go a month just listening to teaching and the Word. And uh, you know, I'm in my car through, through work and listening to the, the Bible on audio and all, all these things. And He had to arrest me and say, Chad, you need, you need some worship music. You need to worship me. You need to experience the, my presence in here, not just through the Word, but, but just, just let me love on you. Let me express myself through, through you lifting me high. And we can get so caught up into one aspect that we're missing three quarters of who God is. So let's put some skin on this. What does this look like practically, right? The with people can be active in greeting people, expressing a sense of hospitality, acceptance, warmth towards new and existing people. That's what what the width of God's love looks like manifest in a church. It's a fellowship. It's the warmth. It's a friendliness. Have you ever went to a church that people thought was just cold and unfriendly and unwelcoming? Guess what? They didn't have no with people there. We need with people. And then you have the, the length people, the, the length orientation in the congregation. And what they do is they, they, they mobilize outreaches. They, they mobilize activities. 
You know, it could be street ministry, it could be outdoor outreaches, it could be food ministries, it could be prison ministry, it could be ministering to the homeless. Opportunities exist wherever lost people are. And you can, you, we could, these people are the ones that say, we need to go on a mission trip. A short-term mission trip would be great to, to see some different cultures and, and, and minister the, the gospel in different, different areas. That's the, those type of people. And then people that are ordinated to the death of God's love. And they, they, they can participate personally in the kind of growth they so definitely desire. Those are the ones that are going to all the Bible studies. Those are the ones that are going to small groups. Those are the ones that are going to... Um, every time the church is open and there's teaching, they're, they're, they're there. But also there comes a time where, where these types of people need to grow up and start feeding themselves. They need to study for themselves. They need to desire the meat of God's Word for themselves, not just corporately, but, but individually. To go in the depths of prayer by themselves. And some of this stuff comes from pastors and other leaders within the church to mature believers. But the more that you mature, the more that you need to be responsible for yourself. And then in turn, use your gifts in the way that you experience God through the depths of, 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 of His love by leading a home group. You know, leading a, a discipleship class in, 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 in the body of Christ in partnership with, with the leadership of the church. There's lots of opportunities. And then the height individuals are most known for praise and worship and experiencing tangible moves of, of the Spirit of God. They worship God from, from the heart and it can be whether they're leading from a platform or if they're simply in the midst of the assembly. Hythe people remind us that our spiritual journey is not just about connecting with people. It's not just about growing in the knowledge of God. It is ultimately about connecting with God. A true and living God. A real God. Experiencing God. Exalting Him. Giving Him glory. Because He, he deserves it. Hythe people are mindful of the presence of God. And their attitude um, and their influence towards others is, it, is through praise and just in the worship of God. These are all the different aspects. That's what it looks like. These aspects, these loves, uh, love of God to be manifest in each one of our lives. And this is my desire, is that we would be a church. We would be a church that's warmer through fellowship, deeper through discipleship, richer through worship, stronger through serving, healthier, through generosity, and larger, through evangelism. And each of us has a part to play in this. Each of us are called within the body of Christ to fill these holes. And not only fill these holes, but to be an expression of God. One person cannot accomplish all this. One person cannot accomplish all this. But it can happen when all the body of Christ with its different gifts, its different callings, its different graces that are upon them allows God to place them in the body, move on their hearts, and by faith walk out the love of God in their life. Amen? Amen. You've been listening to a message from Karis New Testament Church. For more information or to contact us, go to www 
www.charisntc.org. And remember, you are deeply loved, highly favored, and destined to reign in Christ Jesus.